Welcome to SME Matters with Craig and Angela, an in-depth look at news, issues and trends for SME business owners and their advisors, the issues that really matter. This is SME Radio, powered by Eagle Waves Radio and broadcasting from Bevo Cafe, Sydney. Good morning. Welcome to SME Radio. This is SME Matters. And of course, you have two of your most outstanding hosts with you today, Angela and Craig. Hi, Craig. Angela, how are you? The chairman. Thank you. I'm, I'm good. I'm interested in, in insurance a lot lately. Everybody's interested in insurance a lot well, lately. Well, they should be. Absolutely. They should be, considering what go, what's going on in our everyday lives. And you know, Craig, I thought, I'm interested in insurance. I want to know a little bit, a bit more about it. So why don't I just grab, oh, I don't know, a CEO from IAG? What do you think? Absolutely. You should know a little bit about it, I would hope. I would hope so too. So joining us today in the studio is Mr. Ben Bessel, Chief Executive, Australian Business Division, IAG. Hi, Ben. Good morning, Angela. It's a big title. It is a long title. Uh, But you've been with IAG for a long time. Yes, I have. Or back in the day when it was in RMA? Yes, and a few other other companies before that as well. Now, you are local for us. So it was a natural choice to get um, someone from CGU IAG down here. Yes. But what we want to do is let's talk about you a little bit first sure. and your background in insurance, sure. where you started from. And mm-hmm. I'm I'm looking at some papers in front of me and the word Tasmania keeps jumping out of yes. me. Yes. That's a long way. It is a long way. It so was a long time ago. Were you born there? I was. I grew up there. So you're a Tassie boy? I am a Tassie boy. Okay. Grew and up there. My parents are still living there. And uh, I go back there a few times a year to catch up with all my relatives. It's a long trip. Oh, not, that's not too far. It's better for you to go there than bring them up here, right? Yeah, well, I think people like to go to the mainland, yes. as, uh, as it's referred it to. It is more an often island, than, yeah. uh, So we have lots of more visitors than opportunities I get to go home. It's still nice to go home, though. So you didn't just wake up one day and go, I want to grow up and go into insurance? No, like most people in insurance, I think. Um, one thing led to another, and an opportunity arose, and I was uh, offered a role working in Hobart for a company as it was called then CE Heath um, which was a uh, insurance company Craig's nodding you've heard of them mm-hmm. wow yeah, yeah. Um, doesn't exist anymore were but they like fax machines then and stuff yes there okay. certainly were it was a telex machine probably before right. fax yeah. but, but not the internet no 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 internet no, no mobile phones nothing digital yeah. thank, um, thank goodness yeah. got, but got some business and real work done th- then that's right lots of paper files lying on the floor but it was a, it was a baptism of fire because I wasn't familiar with insurance before I started and um, I was literally thrown a number of files and asked to go to work so um, probably wouldn't be acceptable these days but actually I, I found it a, a great experience I really got thrown into it. So has your background been management or have you ever been a broker or sold a policy? Yes so I've, I've worked as an underwriter right. as a salesperson uh, as a claims manager that's right that's right and um, and I guess I've, I've, I've worked my way through all those different attributes of insurance through to where I am today. So I've had a really great experience and a great run. It's good to know that um, our, one of the chief executives has had a little bit of background experience, like a real job, yeah, that's leading right. up to that's it. That's right. Few and not, far between. Not just pushing paper. No, that's right. Because the bureaucracy of big businesses can be, can be quite clunky. It can. And I, think, um, uh, and I think, look, that's one thing that's really important and one thing that I reflect on a lot in my career is being as close to the customer and understanding what customers want and need and how they work is really, really important. And sometimes we forget about that, particularly from a from a headquarters or a head office. 
I think uh, in, it's more difficult, I think, for global insurance companies to understand the, the regular person and how much insurance means to them because it can quite often be a huge overhead that while they need, it's difficult to understand how they can afford it. I, I agree. Mm. So um, it, it hurts. It does. And, it, and it's often seen as a grudge purchase. It's yep. something that I need to do as opposed to something I really want to do. But I think as an industry, also we also have an opportunity to inform people more broadly around the fact that it is a benefit to business if it's used correctly. It's not just something that we have to do like it's another as another bill. It's um, a safety net. Yeah. I think, unfortunately, you know, insurance companies in Australia are probably ranked somewhere between the banks and Telstra in terms of popularity, mm. which is probably not where you really want to be. No. But I guess there's a lot of, particularly with small business, I think Angela's right, you know, it's a cost that you see on your P&L and the first thing is how do I get rid of that? Yep which is probably not what you should be doing. You no. probably should be looking at how do I use that effectively. Obviously, cost's an issue. But I think there's a lot of cynicism out there. Is that really helping me? There's a lot of stories in the media about insurance companies doing the wrong thing or not helping people or not paying claims. And you know that, that creates a lot of cynicism. Yeah, it does. I mean, I think, unfortunately, we always hear the, the bad stories, and they are the exception. Uh, and there's no doubt certain circumstances arise where things need to be fixed. But I think, from, from my perspective... Um, Insurance really should be seen as a risk management tool. Yes, yep. there's a financial cost to that, um, but protecting assets, protecting cash flow, um, utilising it as a risk management tool, as I, as I say, is really important. And I think sometimes we, we miss that perspective. It's just really seen as another account to pay, yep. but actually it should be there to support and prop up businesses um, in times of need. Well, you, you do see that when you're a small business owner and you either go through a massive loss when you mm. lose everything and then you go, thank God I have insurance, or when you do have to put in a large claim. Um, now, not all insurance companies are the same. It's just like not all banks are the same. Um, actually, yes, all banks are the same. Yes, I was going to say. Angela, I'll change that sure comment. That's right, but anyway. Uh, so, Ben, the interesting perspective, I think, is that the insurance industry is facing as much disruption as any other business in the world. And the interesting part is that IAG itself is, is trying to morph by doing smaller apps yes, yes. Um, and looking at targeting different areas. So, for instance, um, it's my understanding that looking at doing different policies like for bed and breakfast. Sure, um, that's right. Businesses who only have intermittent yes. insurance needs. That's right. And that way it controls that cost for people, which is quite an interesting perspective because none of us assume that there is the ability to have intermittent insurance. That's right. Mm. So you're kind of thinking about more tailoring policies around the type of small business models that are around now. We, we are, and we've, we've taken a deliberate stance of making sure we're relevant to customers and consumers' needs rather than us assuming that we know it all and push things out. And so through some of the research and some of the engagement we've been having with small businesses, um, things like your example where we can facilitate insurance for Airbnb um, users, for example, um, through to uh, small rental specific items of insurance on an as-needs basis, through to fish and chip shops, through to buildings and construction. Um, we have different options, but unfortunately I think big businesses have historically taken a view that we'll just push out what we think the punters need. Which has worked which for has decades. Worked, which has worked, and, and insurance has been around for a long, long time. Yeah, hundreds mm. and hundreds and, and hundreds and, and of And still years, will yeah. be, but I think to your point, Business needs are changing, consumer behaviour is changing, um, consumers 
source of information is much more broader than it used to be. People can look up and see what their friends are doing, what other industries are doing. So, what and then there's those bloody websites that do compare. Well, that's right. Comparisons. Yeah, that's, that's yeah, I don't right. know why they happen. No, Where, I'm not sure what about they that. No, done, you know, what motivation is <laughs> exactly that? Exactly right. Consumer yeah. advocacy. Exactly right. Um, actually, on that point, not, not that I really want to dwell on, on those websites so much, but it's interesting, right? And it, and it gets to the heart of how we maintain relevance with small business. When I say we, this is large companies. It's understanding what the needs and the drivers of the business owners are. That may be a price point. But it may be more than that. It's not all around price. Well, it's 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 service, and where we're getting that service, mm-hmm. and then it's the the pain point of the cost, and where we see those costs escalating. Because you know you hate nothing more than having the idea in your head that ten years ago my policy only used to ever cost me this. That's right. And then a decade later, and now it costs me this, and I'm not making any more money. Why are they making so much more money? Mm. So what are the costs that drive policies to have such massive increases from the perspective of a small business Sure, sure. So, so there are a number of factors. Probably the most relevant ones are starting with the actual value of assets themselves. Yep. So what we might call the sums insured. So if, if uh, a business owner is taking out a policy, there's, there's a number attached to the assets or cash flow or, ass- or what have you, and there's a price attached to that. Um, there'll be some risk factors around that, depending on the nature of the industry. In an extreme example, a dynamite factory is a higher risk than say a linen note, ironing note, service. Note to self, Craig, don't, yep. work no, in, dynamite. don't, exactly. don't go to a dynamite. So that's an extreme example. So there are yeah, some no, risk that's factors. Right. Yep. Um, and that's a shared risk cost then, isn't it? Is, it? it across is, across everyone. That, that's right. So we would need to price for that risk because history would suggest when something happens in the high risk areas, it costs more. So there's a pooling effect. And it's hard to reattach limbs. It is, yeah. It's um, it's a difficult recovery process. Yeah, we just put a bit of super glue here. <laughs> no, that's right. And you're. I've right. seen some people walking around. Yeah, that I've, like I've sewn them up, up on occasion. Oh, it's good. Um, so th- that's an extreme example, but so th- that's sort of a, a risk yeah. factor. Then we have external factors such as reinsurance. So we have to buy reinsurance yeah, to protect that? ourselves against severe events. So you insure yourselves. Yes, we do. So I'd insure you, yep. for example, but. All the risks that we have all around Australia add up to a number. And then in order to protect volatility, just for example, um, if everyone had a claim at the same time. How cool is that? Yeah, well, that wouldn't be great, right? So so we have a we have an option, one of the options that we use, where there are several, one of them is reinsurance. So we would buy reinsurance to protect ourselves over a certain amount of exposure to a, to a volume or a dollar value of claims. So you have a lot of actuaries we who do. work all this out for we you. We do. In fact, uh, the insurance industry employs a significant amount of actuaries in Australia. I know. They're um, a very special breed of people. They are. They are. There goes one now. That's, um, Aren't we glad we're not interviewing them, Angela? Well, you know, numbers are fun. Mm-hmm. Numbers are fun. It's interesting because they have statistical perspectives. Which is very important. I mean, we, we do joke, but it is very, very important. Well, they're like the casino people. They right. know when you play roulette what the how many times it's going to come That's up right. and they'll tell you never. Very, good to, very <laughs> handy to go to the casino with. With an actuary. <laughs> That's right. Um, so there's reinsurance and, and that also applies to things like natural disasters as well. So we might have a separate cover for something like that. Um, so that, that goes into the into the cost. Um, also, things like investment income. So, as, as, a, as a business, we have premiums that we collect from you and your from us, the customers. Small business exactly. Owners. And that all sits in a, in a pool of funds to ultimately pay claims when they come in. We earn interest on those funds. If interest rates are down, 
um, then the return. So you're not happy at the moment? No, no. Um, it's another section of the community, you right. and the super people. That's right. So, But that all, it all adds up to what we would charge as a premium. Yeah. Um, and ultimately, there are two really important things. One, that we need to make sure we always have the funds available to pay all claims. Yeah, just is, in case. Which is really important. Yep. And there's uh, regulatory obligations as well. And, and the Australian insurance industry is, is very strongly regulated now, which is a great thing for customers. Um, but in addition to that, in a company like ours, we have shareholders and investors. You do. Um, who require a rate of return, which is very important as well. So as well as providing service stability for our customer base, we need to provide strong regulatory frameworks around financial obligations, but also provide a return to our shareholders. Right, so he's got to keep his shareholders happy, Craig. We all do. We all do, I guess. And he's got to keep <laughs> the bosses happy by making sure it's all flowing properly and yep. they're addressing everything. And, and the regulator. Got, and they've got regulators. Yep. Wow, I'm almost starting to feel sorry for insurance no, no. companies. Is, no? it, is it working? No. Not yet. Oh, okay. No. Okay. No. Oh. I was actually going to ask you, I mean, one of the things that we see with small business, because we're dealing with a whole range of issues and topics sure. um, in SME Matters interviews we do, Small business owners can't be an expert at all those things. We've, we deal with HR, we deal with accounting and sure. taxation and finance and banks and insurance and yeah. et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And it goes on and on. Talk to us a little bit about your brokers. We've actually, we actually interviewed uh, one of your brokers from MJ Insurance yes. here yes. last year who's been really successful. And the reason he gave us that he's been really successful is he spent a lot of time educating and advising business owners, not so much just selling them insurance, sure. but advising them and educating them. How much importance is that in terms of the SME market? It, it's extremely important. So we, we deal with a lot of brokers and we have, we have three elements to our business, if you like. Um, we sell directly via digital, we sell directly face-to-face, and we also uh, sell insurance through brokers, or brokers actually sell and recommend the products um, to, their, to their clients and consumers. That the value of advice is really, really important, and I, I think, I think to a degree, it may have even been lost in recent years. Wow. With the, the focus is very much on digital and cost out and efficiency. The downside of that is that advice can be left behind, and that's where brokers come in. Right. Be- because the new wave of SMEs, not the old traditional ones that are here in the studio, the new wave of SMEs have not been aware so much of the services of a broker. That's right. So for us, dealing with a broker seems quite natural. Yes. Because I know that he's going to go and get me the best deal yes. out there, the best price and the best policy. That's because right. Because there's two bits to that. I don't pay a lot of attention to the policy bits. Mm-hmm. I'm just assuming that he's going to do the best job. And, th- and that's absolutely what the, the broker should be doing. It's a combination of cost, security, ability to pay claims, yep. what, what, it, what is covered and what's not covered. And, uh, and, and also providing general advice on are there any other things as a business owner that, that we should be looking out for. So, so I think the value of advice in the broker space is absolutely really, really important for a, for a small business owner. Do you know how many brokers you guys have at we, the we, moment that affiliate with? Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds, literally, all around Australia. So, so small businesses... Or small to Who medium are small business businesses, owners themselves. Small business owners themselves, yeah. mm. absolutely. So, so many brokers that we deal with, as you say, are small business owners in their own right. And it is the bi- biggest segment of the market in Australia um, as an insurance market in terms of the number of small businesses that require insurance. So it's a huge market. Um, so you've got double customer dipping in that you've got the face-to-face, yes. which you do either digital or yes. directly with you guys. That's right. Plus your brokers who act on your behalf. That's right. How do you keep us both happy? Because well, you've a, got different needs for the broker. We do. Um, so, so the way I look at it is, is what is in the best interest of, our, of the customer? 
So, and that's about having options for the customer. So if a customer wants to transact digitally with us, that's fine. If they want face-to-face, -face, that's fine. If they want to go through a broker, that's fine. So I think, I think the important thing for us to remember is not for us to tell the customers what we think is best for them, but actually to give the customers options um, so it suits their needs. But I think we do have an obligation to ensure that if we observe something or a customer interaction where we think, gee, they might need advice, or there's something a little quirky here, we have an obligation and an opportunity to refer them to someone who might be a bit more of an expert in a particular field to ensure their needs are met. Do you think insurance is more expensive now in, in real terms if you, know, if, if you compare oranges with oranges over the years? Is it just because you know, it can be entering into double digits for yeah, sure. lots I, of small business owners? I think the insurance market fluctuates. Yep. So, oh, okay. Uh, the, so there's no, I guess, a, a set price or a set trajectory. So it's not always on the increase. Because of things that I mentioned earlier, like reinsurance and investment returns yep. and risk profiles, So generally speaking in commercial insurance particularly, yep. probably a little less in home and motor insurance, Yeah. Um, prices tend to fluctuate depending on the cost of those other factors. Um, and we've actually experienced in the last couple of years in Australia uh, what we would call, a, 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 I guess, a downward slope in insurance rates. And they're now starting to come back. Uh, and that's, that's because of a range of factors. So it's not a linear increase in price that, that's experienced in the Australian market. It's actually dipped up and down over the last five and ten years. So, Craig, I'm going to ask, um, I'd like to ask Ben about the um, emergency services levy. Do you have anything else you want to check in with him? No, let's start with that. That's okay. always an interesting one. <laughs> so uh, the regulations are changing around that now, mm. Ben, um, and that's not going to be on policies now. Not, or not all of them. It's going to be collected by sometimes different, different levels of government now. That's right. Um, was that something that the insurance industry was consulted on? Or, yes. Or had a choice about? Absolutely. So there were lots of discussions with the various bodies. There's always, always lots of discussion. Exactly. Um, and the, as an industry, we'd also recently experienced something similar in Victoria with the fire services levy. Yep. Um, so this, this, this conversation and the way levies are captured um, is not new to us. So, no. we're, so we've got some good experience there. But it's going to be new to the consumer. It is indeed. Mm. So yeah. I, think, mm. I think, again, understanding that change is really, really important because something that used to be attached to a, a bill or one of those things we have to pay is changing now. Um, so consumer awareness, particularly around this, is very, very important. Are you guys going to be starting your own education campaign around um, your customers? Yes, yes, we will. To enlighten them? Because there's not a lot of information out there. No, so, so the industry as a whole will, will do something that's very consistent. Yep. Um, each, each insurance company might have their own... Their own take on that. But, but as an industry, we've, we've agreed to undertake a particular approach with some slight, slight approaches that will differ depending on timing. Um, and that's also being endorsed by the relevant regulators and, and government as well. And is that disrupting the, the insurance business uh, overall? You know, it's, yeah. it's, you know, it's part of the, the charge, the software, it's always been there. You know, you probably sure. have a whole section of the company oh, that do. deals with it. No, we do. It, it, look, it, it, is, it is a big change for us, yeah. but, but because we've been through it before, right. it's, not, it's not a big deal. Okay. Uh, and we actually think it's the right thing to do. Um, there's always an interesting phase through that first transition period or the first year or so after transition, but it'll be fine. But it, it's, it's another thing that we have to do in accordance with the, the regulations that we I, have in this I country. I think the consumers are going to be looking at it mm. um, 
as as it as they did when GST came, yes. and then it suddenly appeared on these other bills mm. that they didn't think it would be on when they always consistently thought it was on some kind of insurance invoice. That's right. It's now not it going is. to be. And, and and we do need to be mindful as an industry, ex- exactly that point. Um, and it's going to pop up on the rates it, it notices. Will, right? It's yeah, yeah. It will, but, it's going to be crazy. And on, but on the insurance aspect of that, as we as we transition, we've got to be absolutely clear with everyone though that the the dollar amounts are to the to the nearest cent. Yep. Because uh, what we can't afford, or we don't want to get, create a perception that that we're we're abusing a a change in the system. Yeah. To the to our betterment as opposed to those of the consumers. Well, that's and that's going to be part of what the consumers. That's the first thing we're going to think about. Exactly. Is, well, hang on a second. Where's it all going now? That's right. And why isn't everything really, really cheap? That's you know, right. Why didn't it come down by double that? It, that's right. It's a logical thing that we're going to be quite fearful in the beginning. Hmm. So just to wrap up, what's the future for insurance? Well, it's very exciting, I think. Oh, really? Yeah, it is. It is. Wow. I mean, insurance I know insurance. And exciting. I know you wouldn't hear that very often, but no. I, but I think look, the, the changing needs of our consumers, yep. the changing risks, the changing things that we can insure, um, like oh, um, intellectual property. Um, experiences. We need a big policy on that, Craig. That's right. Absolutely. For us, yep. Well, you'd be our first first big new client in that in that field, I'm sure. Should be. Um, but I think the the change and of dynamic of small businesses, people working from home, one or two employees, startups, um, the the number of new businesses yep. um, will grow. And I think there's a great opportunity there. Uh, and as I said before, just the types of things that people want to insure. Um, it, it will change over time. I mean, there are some companies now around the world in insuring experiences. So, as an example, you could take out a, a policy um, to basically say, if I didn't have a great experience with my partner at dinner last night, can I make a claim on that? Now, that might be a bit of a bizarre example. I'm not sure if I would. Expensive wanna... insurance, that sounds exactly. I'm, I'm thinking, I'm thinking I'm not... things like Tinder, RSVP, yeah, all this right. stuff yeah, sort let's of not come to there. mind. I'm not sure how you do risk surveys on those no, either. I'm how, many, good. how many wives are going to be putting in those well, claims? This is interesting. Can you insure against a dud husband? Hey, yeah, yeah. Um, why would you, why would, I don't think that would ever be possible, would it? It's not a claim we're going to pay, Angela. It's not going to happen. I've, I think I've never, never heard of. I think that, I'm that, considering that, that a, how to disrupt how to disrupt the wife industry. Yeah, um, actually, just on that, if I might, of course, we've got a. Uh, I got rid of the dud husband. Yeah. So. Oh, okay. <laughs> I should have right. got a big payout. Right. <laughs> but, but one thing that I think is interesting is something that I, that we're certainly having a look at are these social networks around yeah. small business segments. Yep. And something that we've kicked off is Mums and Co, which is a social network we established specifically for mums in small business. So the, yes, there are access. There is access to insurance products, but it's around access to legal, HR, finance, accounting. I didn't know. And blogs, yeah. I had no idea. Mums, mums, mums and Co. Wow. Have a look at that. We've got about five thousand in, people involved in that community at the moment, and um, it's so good. Have it's a look good at to that. hear. So it from a customer perspective on yes. the community. Yep. Okay. Well, and I so was I was going to um, also wrap up and say, you know, are you are you concentrating? on looking how you can do more for small business as a company. Yeah, we are. Because there's not a lot of there's not a lot of, of strengths in the big end of town in giving us more that's as a right. small business owner because we aren't the big end of town as well. No, that's right. So w- we do need more, whether it's better services or better products. We're very special. No, no. Then. But we have a great opportunity to give small businesses access to some of the things that we have access to, such as building in construction companies, purchasing power over cars, social networks like Mums & Co. So one of the things, risk management and risk advisors. 
So one of the things that we are very consciously working on at the moment is to create an environment, not just an insurance transaction and product, yep. but an environment where as a customer of ours, you have access to all these other services that we get access to because we're doing this thousands of times a day. Um, and hopefully small businesses can see that it's not just a grudge purchase, but actually we can tap into all sorts of other services during the course of the year, not just when the premium comes in. So you, you face the same challenge that we do as small business owners, which is engagement and yeah. retention. Absolutely. So we, we all have the same problem, you know, how do I exactly. get you back and how do I get, get you back? to spend more money? Exactly. How, and how do, I, how do I build loyalty? It's, we, we've, all, we're all, we've all got the we're same all challenges. The same game. We're all yeah. in the same game, but, yeah. but we're not feeling too sorry for... No. The, no. No. Okay. Oh, okay. Just not not no. a lot of sympathy. <laughs> Empathy, yeah. but not necessarily sympathy. Thank you very much, Ben, for joining us today. No, thank you. SME Radio and SME Matters. Craig, as usual. Talk soon. Good to see you. Thanks very much, everyone. This is SME Radio, powered by Eagle Ways Radio and broadcasting from Vivo Cafe, Sydney. Want to reach more small business owners? We can help. Advertise with us and connect with more than 30,000 SMEs across Australia smeradio.com.au